You'll Die Trying contains sensitive subject matter and conversations surrounding death and dying and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is respectfully advised. Another YDT episode. A tough one, really. I'm going to warn in advance, uh, but before we dive in, though, triers, let's talk responsibility. Like the kind where your moves are monitored, where what you say people hold tight to. Of course, be mindful of the bills due, relationships, job duties, but also be mindful of putting yourself out there and being intentional. People are watching, they're listening, you have a massive responsibility in, you have an opportunity to meet them where they are. Uplift, uphold, and inspire. Loving on them all the way through. In the spirit of that, thank you for over 50,000 new Tiki Talkie followers and friends in just over a week. It's all Haley's fault. You all uh, sure enjoy funeral home stuff, I think. Not my shoes, though. I promise to be intentional and real and honest. Find me at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok, at Nathan Morris on Insta, and at You'll Die Trying Podcast. Also, go over to you'lldietrying.com, grab a bag, grab us some swag, a bag of Big Turkey Foot Coffee. This episode and every episode is sponsored exclusively by Big Turkey Foot. And of course, EFF or Express Funeral Funding a show which this show season two episode 129 pulls back the curtain takes down the walls brick by brick and exposes the true hearts of those who are caring for those whom we love we're going lights up on this one so buckle up No, really, buckle up. It's the law, for one. But two, I've seen what not wearing a seatbelt does and has done. I know there are people who say, well, I didn't. They didn't have a seatbelt. And if they did during that wreck, it would have killed them. So not having it saved them. I can't speak to that, but I can say, wear one. Tragic scenes wrecks, house fires, falls, equipment, malfunctions. We're called to them. Coroners, law enforcement, EMTs, fire, sometimes family, well, nearly always family, are scattered around such scenes. Wailing, loud, nervous talking, radio sounds, odd smells, all fill the air and our senses. Funeral directors were the first ones to be notified of a death, to come and tend to them, the deceased, and those left behind to grieve and make their existence known. But no, we aren't. We aren't actually. The law enforcement officer is. A mundane run and shift, sandwich eating in the church parking lot kind of day, reviewing the CAD from the previous shift, a quiet and relaxing moment can all but change within one chirp of the radio. 
I will advise this story is the call before the call, the law enforcement's call, the men and women who too devote their lives to protecting ours at all costs also receive death calls, even before we do. And pivot quickly, they must. I'll warn you, if you have been affected by death recently or suicide, please be extra mindful of this episode. I got you. You thought that was actually your your phone ringing. You see, I got your attention. I just wanted to interrupt myself to say, hey, why don't you just subscribe right this very moment on the podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on, to this podcast, and then also to the obituary. Subscribe to this podcast on the podcast platform in which you're listening to this podcast. If you remember that, then just do it. And then share it with a friend. If that wasn't confusing enough, I'll just, I'll just send you back to this episode. I was sitting at Reed's Orchard running traffic when the call came in. The stepdad had been staying at the house while the mother was out of town. I thought it was rather odd that the stepdad had not made contact with the gentleman for two days while living in the same house. I did not go lights and sirens to the call due to not having knowledge. It was, in fact, what it was. As I got closer to the call's location, the dispatcher stated, Caller states the missing subject is possibly 10-7 due to SIG S. Hearing SIG S immediately gets my heart pumping. Walking into the house, you can hear the mother screaming. It was an upstairs bedroom. The mother walked into the bedroom where he, her son, had hanged himself in the doorframe and was still able to shut the door. Meaning when the mother opened his bedroom door, he was swinging and most likely swung into her. She was frozen in the spot, realizing what was happening and just screaming, cut him down, cut him down. The stepdad was in the hallway watching all of this unfold as was I. Me being the shorter in stature law enforcement officer, I had to locate a chair and then I cut him down. In turn, he fell into me, causing me and him to hit the floor due to me being in the chair. This whole scenario caused the mother, of course, to spiral even more into a panic where we eventually just had to encourage while essentially forcing her back down the stairs and outside the residence. Hearing Sig S always makes my heart beat a deep, deep, deep beat. Not necessarily an adrenaline rush, but a very subconscious, all right, time to turn off the emotion and focus on work. That's all this is, work. After a while, the lights and sirens, it does not give an adrenaline rush. It's the type of call you're going to that will give you the rush. If you know you're headed to a commercial burglary alarm, per policy, you go lights and sirens. This 
does nothing for me except increase my annoyance with human beings. If we get a call where someone has broken into a house, it's an active call and say the subject has a gun on them. This type of stuff causes an adrenaline rush. You know you're going to have to think fast. You're going to have to think clearly. It increases the possibility of a foot pursuit, saving someone or something or a fight that will most likely occur. Also, we have to be damn sure of our actions and our decisions. Could you imagine the poor mother, the poor, poor mother seeing one they birthed, loved, loved so dearly in that, that state, gone. An image of despair and hopelessness. A law enforcement officer working to protect our community gets called to someone he or she couldn't. becoming the leader, the therapist, the friend at the blink of an eye, having to take control of a scene, tending to the loved one, literally the loved one and getting them down, embracing them literally to the floor, all before a mother's eyes. A stranger now forever tied to this family. All before they call us the funeral home whose job is to care for the dead and those who love them. Forever, we must be mindful. Funeral homes are not the first call. Our first responders are, and respond they do, delicately, intentionally, swiftly. I tip my hat to those who take this oath. Until you've stepped in someone's kolahans, be slow to verbalize, we're the first they call, or any other opinion-based comment in regards to one's intentions, thoughts, feelings. They're not yours to speak to. The radio, I must know, chirps long before the phone rings because, because of that, a new and even more grateful thank you is due. Officers, triers, until next time, episode 129 is 10-3.